I want to use a scripture tonight as we prepare to worship the Lord with our giving uh, that we're going to be talking about in tonight's study as well. And that's over in Acts chapter 8. And uh, I'll begin reading in verse 5. Acts chapter 8, beginning, begin reading in verse 5. And I'll, I'm reading in the King James translation. Uh, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the people with uh, one accord gave heed to him. And uh, listen to the things he did because uh, he spoke with many miracles. That's not the scripture I was really wanting to use. Uh, <laughs> but the scripture I was wanting to use is where um, uh, the angel appeared to Cornelius uh, because his alms and his prayers came up before the Lord over in Acts. And uh, do you know, Cornelius was not a believer. He was not a Christian. Yet his giving... And his prayers came up before the Lord. And so your giving can come up before the Lord. And you see the result uh, of Cornelius' prayers and his giving is that uh, Christ was preached to them. An angel appeared to him, gave him very specific instructions. And then Christ was preached to them. And him and his whole house were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So your giving will affect your spiritual life. Uh, it just doesn't affect your finances. We know that uh, God gives seed to the sower. He multiplies your seed sown, and we thank God for that. But how much more important is it that it affects your spiritual journey, your spiritual walk, your spiritual relationship with the Lord, that your giving makes room for you, that your giving gives you access into the things of God, that his giving even blessed his own family. And so I know Pastor Mark Hankins, his father's giving, they always gave to missions, 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 had such a heart for missions, international missions, and yet he never really, I don't think, left the country, but his grand or his son uh, and his grandson travel around the world uh, preaching the gospel. So your giving makes not only room for you, but uh, for your family. So as we give tonight, uh, give in faith, believe in God. He will multiply your seed sown. Uh, he's our source and our supply. So we all have great ability to give and uh, he watches over our giving. He knows what's happening. He made comments, you know. Uh, he stood at the offering uh, receptacle and made comments. He said, you know, that the, uh, the, the woman, her little mite of giving was more than the Pharisees, right? So he knows what you're doing. He knows you're giving. Uh, and he loves it when you give joyfully because your heart is in your giving. So I encourage you to have your heart in your giving as you give tonight. And you can give a couple different ways. Easiest way probably is to go online and uh, click the giving link and then fill out uh, what you want to give right there. You can send a text to the number 84321. Put any amount in there. So you just text any amount to the number Eight four three two one. You'll get a response. If you've already signed up, then you just text any amount to that number, um, and you can even uh, designate the fund if you'd like uh, in that way through the text. And then you can also mail your gift to PO Box one three five Rectortown, Virginia two zero one four zero, and uh, we'll be able to uh, uh, pick that up at the mail uh, uh, mail station and uh, and uh, get it deposited. So let me pray with you as we as we give. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. Uh, that you are the biggest giver, that you made a way and paid the price so that we would have plenty to give, that we'd be able to give into every good work, that all of our needs would be met. I thank you, Father, for another opportunity that we have to sow a seed into your kingdom. Thank you that you have blessed us and that we're well able to give and be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. And... Um, Praise the Lord. We were able to uh, send off a, a, a 
a nice uh, blessing to uh, the ministry over in um, Nepal and Bulgaria. And we sent that off uh, just a few days ago. So praise the Lord. Uh, our finances are not only working here, but they're working uh, around the world. So uh, God is good. He provides uh, seed to the sower and he multiplies our seed sown. Well, our study is uh, chapter 8, uh, the beginning of chapter 8, uh, which is page 95 of the book called The Guide Inside. That's by a man by the name of Mark Brzee. He pastors in Tulsa, Oklahoma and has mission schools all around the world as a missionary and a pastor. And so uh, he's quite a busy man. But uh, we're going to be looking tonight a little bit about angels, how God might lead. And so uh, again, page 95, I'm going to begin reading Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it will come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Well, <clears throat> that is uh, Paul quoting, uh, or rather Luke, excuse me, quoting from uh, uh, Joel. And um, he's saying in the last days, which are our days, uh, and they begin that, those days, that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So uh, in these days, people should be uh, seeing visions and dreaming dreams. And if you just want to determine which group you're in, uh, whether you're the young or the old, uh, maybe the Lord will determine that for you. Uh, but you can kind of maybe try to take your pick. <laughs> Um, but these are not things that are promised that we'll have all the time. But in the last days, these things will be happening. So in these days, these things not only will be happening, but these things are happening. Uh, somebody called uh, translated visions a divinely granted appearance. So they'll be divinely granted appearances. Um, Pastor Mark Brzee said, spectacular manifestations of God's power are an undeniable pattern in the book of Acts. So in, if you look at the book of Acts with honesty and integrity, you'd say, wow, the church is a supernatural church and there are supernatural moves and supernatural things happening in the authentic church of Jesus Christ. And so the church is, is never and was never supposed to be just a bunch of philosophies and good teachings, but it is actually demonstration in, of the spirit and of power so that our faith not in human words or humans, but our faith is in God and in his power. Uh, and so it's such a blessing, uh, you know, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is what I'm quoting there. Uh, again, middle of 95, he said, We need to walk through life thanking God for the supernatural while keeping the door open for the spectacular. You know, Kenneth Hagin said, uh, A lot of people um, are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. Sometimes we think, Well, if God's doing it, just gonna, everything's going to be spectacular. No, that's not true. It, God leads primarily by the inward witness, as we've learned, and that's not spectacular, but that is supernatural. That is beyond the natural course of things. In other words, without God intervening, that would not happen. So God leads us and guides us primarily through the inward witness, uh, through promptings. Uh, you might say, uh, like Paul said, it seemed good to me and the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can't really put a, a distinct definition on it, but it just seems good on the inside. Well, that's the primary way that the Lord leads. I, I love, um, you know, he doesn't have this in every chapter, but I think these are the three primary scriptures that we ought to focus on for a study like this, which is Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man 
is the candle of the Lord, uh, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, the innermost part of your being and personality is searched, sought out, and found by your own spirit. And God uses your own spirit to do that, uh, to lead you and guide you. What better way to do that? Because uh, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man that's in him? So uh, that's in Corinthians as well. And so God uses our own spirit that knows everything of us with his own spirit who knows everything of us to lead us and to guide us. And so when he's using our spirit to enlighten us and to open up the path and the will that he has for us and the plans he has for us and the words he has for us, well, uh, he's using the innermost part of who we are, the real us, right? That's where he speaks to us, deep on the inside. Not through our flesh, not through our natural mind, but through the, the inside, the center of our being. That's where he speaks to us. So if you're not used to looking to and yielding to and drawing from that part of your being, well, the voice of God will be indistinct to you and you'll kind of like, it'll be more fuzzy and you won't be as aware because you're used to looking to outward things to lead you and guide you. As we talked about last week, uh, you know, God won't lead through reasoning that you just kind of reason things out. Well, it makes sense with this and this makes sense and this makes sense. Well, that could be the leading of the Lord or that might not be the leading of the Lord. That is not uh, how the Bible defines the leading of the Lord. The leading of the Lord actually comes from the inside, uh, the guide on the inside. And then Romans chapter 8, four, verse 14 and verse 16. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, the children of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, right? So if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are the children of God. Or you could say that the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, are led by His Spirit. So how do you get led by the Spirit? become a son or daughter of God. <laughs> In other words, you need to be born again. When you're born from above, like Jesus told us, when we are born from above, you have all of the equipment in that recreated person that you become. You have all of the equipment, all of the listening devices that you need, all of the ears that you need. We call them spiritual ears. Open the ears of your spirit. That means more than just your natural ears. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Or faith comes by hearing and attentively listening to what God is saying. Or listening in your heart to what God is speaking to you through His Word. If, if, you, if you open your, the ears of your heart to hear what God is saying, man, you might have to say like, okay, Lord, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but could you slow it down just a little bit? There's like a gusher coming and I don't want to miss any of this uh, because you get in that flow and he opens up himself to you by opening up his words to you and you begin to see and know things because you are his child and a child knows the voice of their father. Like even my children, when they were in the womb before they were out, they knew my voice. And so once they were birthed out, uh, they still knew my voice. And, uh, you know, they were comforted through my voice. How much more a spiritual child of the, the, the great spirit, God himself, right? Uh, God is a spirit, John chapter 4 tells us. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then uh, Romans eight sixteen, the Spirit itself 
And I don't like to call the Spirit itself. The King James uh, people translated it that way, but I think a better translation is the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. The, the, the first way you know that you're born again because you believe in faith what the Word says and then His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. You confess that you believe Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead and you take Him as your Lord. And once you confess that, that reality happens. You're recreated on the inside and you have the witness of God's Spirit. Yep, you're my child. <laughs> yep, you're part of my family. Thank God. Thank God for that uh, inward witness that he didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us um, without strength and without comfort, but he gave us his spirit. Uh, and then John 23, 24, which I, I kind of uh, lightly quoted, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you're going to worship him, uh, and it's you're like you're going to make that con a connection in worship, it's going to be in spirit and in truth. In other words, it's going to be from your heart, and it's going to be based from the word of God and the words of God. So um, thank God, He leads us and He guides us and He shows us the way. <clears throat> uh, page ninety-six, <clears throat> angelic guidance for Philip. Uh, Acts 20, uh, excuse me, 8, verse 25 and 26. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So you see the angel of the Lord, I have one here, thank you. So you see the angel of the Lord speaking to Philip, uh, telling him where to go, um, and what to do. Go to this very specific place. And, um, but angels um, will speak to you. But remember he said over on page 97 that uh, you could have evil spirits also speak to you. Uh, he said, remember, if an angel brings you direction that doesn't back up what's said in Scripture, you rebuke him. Right? So I, I like the scripture. There's many voices in the world and none of them lack significance. So uh, there's a lot of voices that you can respond to, but the voice you need to respond to and uh, that there is uh, protection in your response is the voice of the Spirit of God uh, when He leads you and guides you. And the Word and the Spirit always agree. So you're not going to have the Holy Spirit say something to you uh, that the Word doesn't declare. So what's going to happen is something that's in the Word, the Spirit Himself will make real and tangible to you. Because He said, I'm going to take the things of Christ. He's got, Jesus said, speaking of His Spirit, He will take the things of mine and declare them to you or show them to you. And so that's what God's Spirit's going to do. So if Jesus is the Word, and the Holy Spirit's not going to bring something else. It's, a, it's kind of a tragedy sometimes. It can be a tragedy because um, some people are so zealous for the things of God, but they lack the knowledge, right? Like Romans 10 talks about with the, with the Jews. Uh, they're zealous for God, but not according to knowledge. And so people are so hungry that they open themselves up to anything that's supernatural. Well, there is a supernatural godly kingdom, but there's a supernatural ungodly kingdom. And so we want to make sure that what we are opening ourselves up to comes from God. And the way to do that is make sure that what you're receiving is from the Word. And uh, you, another way to know that is because the Holy Spirit will always 
magnify the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always magnify God. The Holy Spirit doesn't magnify people, but the Holy Spirit magnifies God. And the Holy Spirit doesn't demean people. And the Holy Spirit doesn't attack people. And the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn people. So sometimes people will say, well, I got a word from, the, of the, uh, from you for, from the Lord for you. And uh, you find out it's like demeaning, it puts you down, and it glorifies the person giving it. Well, that's not from the Lord. So uh, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, he comes in peace, he comes with the message, fear not, fear not. Always comes with the message, uh, don't fear, be not afraid. And uh, you see, even see that when the angels appeared to Joseph, you know, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And, uh, well, you may say like, well, uh, you know, uh, the angel appeared to Joseph and said, uh, you know, get out of here, go to Egypt, right? You need protection. The child needs protection. Um, and, uh, somebody said, well, that, that's scary. Like, you know, that makes me fearful. Well, no, the angel actually said, fear not, which means you might have a tendency to fear, but in a dream warned in a dream, that's the protection of God. And so, uh, you really have to balance uh, the word of the Lord, and you're not going to have an angel talking to you every day, all the time. Uh, in a lot of cases, through the word, you see that was like a once or twice in a lifetime occurrence. Uh, but we don't have a promise that that will happen to us all the time. But we know that happens in the church of Jesus Christ, of which we are a part. It is a supernatural church. And again, uh, as we go through these examples in Acts, you see, um, if you're open, you see, wow, there is a, a major supernatural aspect, even spectacular sometimes, to what God is doing through His church. So remember, if an angel brings you direction, it doesn't back up with what is said in Scripture. You rebuke him. You say, get out of here. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to listen to you. The Bible warns of angels of light, which are actually demons who appear as angels um, and bring uh, information. That's 2 Corinthians 11:14. That's why we must make sh sure angelic messages are backed by God's word. If information, direction, or messages don't line up with God, God's word, they're not from God. So it's very simple. But some people, sometimes your flesh wants to be used of God so bad that you'll try to um, want to receive something that may not be from God just because you want to feel valuable. That's why it's so important that you learn who you are in Christ. We have to know that God loves us for who we are, not for what we do. And uh, that He has a special place and a special plan for every one of us. And that the best thing in life we could ever find out is what did you plan for me to do? He, you know, the Bible says He will put... Uh, the desires of your heart in your heart, His desires for you in your heart. And um, when you're born again and you begin to get these desires, you begin to see that's one great indication of what God has called you to do. Um, they line up with the Word and then you begin to respond to those and you begin to discover the plan of God for your life. Uh, Paul said, remember, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you besides what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's a strong statement. Uh, let him be accursed. If we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you. Well, that means that somebody could start out working for God, serving the Lord, and get off. 
Uh, that means that uh, your litmus test is not your favorite minister. Your litmus test is the Word of God. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a foundation of God's word. That uh, come hell or high water, you're responding to the word. You're acting on the word, whether you think uh, it's exciting or not. The word is true, and um, let God be true and every man a liar. All right, page ninety-eight, Acts chapter ten, verse one through six. This is the the passage I was trying to do for for uh, our time of worship through giving. There's a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Isn't that good to know that your name is known in heaven? Right? He said to him, by name, right? Cornelius. And we, when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea, he will tell you what you must do. Notice that the angel did not, and he brings this out, I think, bottom of page 98 and the top of page 99, the angel did not preach the gospel. God has ordained that humans preach the gospel, that men and women preach the gospel. So angels uh, are not ordained and they're not equipped even to preach the gospel, but they will lead and guide us. In fact, Hebrews 1.14 uh, in the Amplified Translation says, are not the angels, all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. Or that's just in brackets. You could say, are they not all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of those who are to inherit salvation? In other words, uh, angels uh, are to be sent out by believers to accomplish things and to do things. And there is a ministry of angels. I don't, I don't know how aware you, you are of it, uh, but there is like a stirring in spiritual things of, of a modern day um, um, quickening of a ministry of angels even in this day, even in this time. And so um, the Bible is true. And whether you know it or not, we all have an angel. Uh, even people call it a guardian angel. Say, am I making that up? No, Jesus said, uh, don't stop the little children from coming to me for their angel is ever before my father's throne in heaven. Well, there's no indication in the word that when you grow up, you ever lose your angel. And so um, we all have angels uh, that are uh, helping to protect us and guide us, but also that may be kind of waiting like, hey, can you send me to do something? I need your authority uh, to, to come out of your mouth to send me on assignment, right? To accomplish things that need to be done for those who are heirs of salvation. And so um, the angel didn't preach the gospel, but the angel gave him a message from the Lord and a message and direction from the Lord. <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter 27, this is the next section on page 99, angelic help on board the ship, he calls it. Men, I perceive that this voyage in Acts 25, uh, 27 verse 10 actually, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. I love this scripture because Paul said, I perceive, I perceive. He didn't say, I heard. He said, I perceive uh, 
or I have this perception uh, that this voyage is, is very dangerous, uh, not only for the ship, but even our lives. Well, they didn't listen to Paul, and they didn't listen to God speaking through Paul. So they're like, you know what? Uh, the winds are actually perfect right now to leave on this voyage. So we should leave on this voyage now, and we're, we'll be fine. We're going to go. Uh, so they went, and uh, you know, a great storm rose up. Let's read uh, again, Acts 27, 21 through 22. But after a long absen abstinence from food, then Paul stood up in the midst and said, Men, you should have listened to me. Because this storm arose, and I think they were like two weeks, hadn't seen the sun. Uh, it's like a, it's just a, a terrible thing. Everybody's getting worried. Worried. The Bible actually says all hope was lost that they that they would uh, survive uh, this storm. Man, you should have listened to me. You ever want to say that? Look, you have Bible precedent to say it. <laughs> I told you so, right? No. <laughs> he's just stating a fact. I don't think he's gloating in it. Men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred the disaster and loss. And now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss among you, but only of the ship. Well, before he said, I perceive there's going to be loss of the ship and loss of lives. He, he perceived that. But what happened? Well, um, verse 23 for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you and all those who sail with you. Therefore, Paul, this is Paul speaking to the men, Take heart, men, for I believe God. It will be just as he told me. And so, yeah, Paul perceived the damage and the peril even to the people that without intervention from God, there was, they were all going to die. Um, but Paul didn't have authority to stop that ship. He had to be, you know, and he had to be brought before Caesar. And because of the assignment on Paul's life, that whole ship, I think it was 246 people, were saved and preserved because of uh, the, the, the plan of God for the life of Paul. So even though God leads you, leads us, guides us, and protects us when we stay under his leadership and his guidance, uh, when we act in faith, we, we act on what he said, even sometimes we mess up or other people force us into different things, God makes a way where it seems like there is no way. And so this angel then came and gave Paul this message when everybody is in despair and everybody's like, oh, you know, we're hungry, all the food's gone, there's been no light, this is, you know, we really messed up. Well, an angel stood by and said, you know what? You're at you and all of those with you will be saved. The ship's going to be lost. Everything on it's going to be lost, but your lives will be saved. And Paul said, I believe God. I believe because he sent this angel who stood by me tonight and told me this, gave me this message uh, from God. Uh, let's see here. Right above where it says angels garrison my mind. He said, I believe the more we understand about angels, the more we will recognize them at work in our lives. We might as well get used to hearing about angels because there's a flurry of angelic activity in the book of Acts and there's a flurry of angelic activity coming in these last days. Amen. Amen. And then he just gives a couple other uh, personal examples, but I think, uh, I think that's pretty good for tonight. So God will lead, he might lead by angels. 
and uh, so some people get real nervous and somebody says well like uh, uh, I you know uh, even ministers some people you know know and respect well you know I was told this or I was told this by an angel well does it line up with the word or does it not line up with the word right and so um, you know, Paul had the word of the Lord even before that, before he left about his assignment and where he must appear. And then um, this is what the angel told him, and it, it bore witness with what he perceived. But at the same time, you never want to get distracted and that you're just like uh, making things up. Uh, I've encountered sometimes people that are so uh, desirous to be um, seeing the spectacular, I was in a, I was uh, at a church one time, and they uh, they had a little prayer group, and in their prayer group they said, okay, we're going to pray, and whatever comes to your imagination when we're praying, that's from the Lord. Oh my goodness, do you know how crazy that some of that stuff got? Because that's that's not true, um, and uh, you can have all kind of thoughts, you know. I think about it. You, you pray in uh, the in the spirit, and your mind is unfruitful. <laughs> your understanding is unfruitful. Imagine if every thought you ever every thought you ever had while you were praying to the Lord, uh, you're trying to say that's from God. No, no. Sometimes that's from the devil. Sometimes that's just uh, your mind hasn't gotten quiet, and you haven't developed a skill of calming your mind when turning to the Lord, and so you got all these other things coming. Uh, that, that's not the case at all. And you can open yourself up then uh, to the work of the enemy. So we're not seeking angels. We're not seeking messages from angels. If the Lord sees fit to do that, that's, that's great. That's awesome as long as it lines up from the Word. And of course, if it's from uh, Jehovah God, it will line up with the Word. But uh, we don't look for these things like we're trying to make something happen. <clears throat> I like what Brother Hagin always taught us. He said, never try to make it happen. You just let it happen. The things of God. No, don't try to make it happen. You let it happen. Let the Lord do what He wants to do. Don't try to try to produce something or make something because you're going to mess with your own faith and the faith of other people. Uh, people know when it's not authentic, when it's not the Lord. Uh, there's no blessing that goes out from it. Actually, it it, it kind of is dry and frothy and like ugh, like kind of pushes people back. But when you have the authentic move of God, there is something that registers on the heart of believers that there is a substance of the supernatural and a substance of faith and a substance like like from heaven that bears witness with your spirit that your mind maybe you can't form exact uh, words or sentences about it but you just have a witness on the inside there is something happening right now this, God is doing something right now and uh, there's a blessing coming out right now well, then you're, you're on the right track. But you don't want to get uh, focused on these things like you're, like you're trying to go after them. I hope, hope I'm making that clear uh, because a lot of people have gotten, uh, no pun intended, shipwrecked uh, by doing that. And uh, you, don't want to be, you don't want to be shipwrecked. At the same point, you don't want to like, uh, think that every time somebody is discussing angelic activity that they're just crazy because... There ought to be angelic activity happening in the body of Christ, and you ought to hear about some of it. And, uh, you know, I've had a, a few experiences, and I shouldn't say a few, maybe a couple experiences, uh, where I believe I was protected by uh, angels. And um, 
So those are awesome and you're thankful for those. But uh, I'm not looking every day to try and say like, you know, oh, this was an angel, that was an angel. No, I let the Lord worry about that. I just worship the Lord, follow him, uh, follow what he's uh, uh, showing me to do and telling me to do. And, uh, you know, just act on the word. And if, if you never have that spectacular move of God, you know, or that spectacular demonstration, I should say, of God's presence, man, you're fine with the word. Um, <clears throat> in fact, Kenneth Hagin said, when you have some of these uh, spectacular things, that really means that, how he'd say it, rough sledding is ahead. <laughs> in other words, you don't need something that spectacular unless you're going to really need to hold on to it in difficult times. And I have found that to be true, uh, that when you get some of these spectacular uh, moves of God, it's exciting, but uh, once you've had some of them, you know, okay, that means it's going to be a little tough. And so uh, I need something, you know, maybe more spectacular that'll keep me reminded like, okay, this is the way to go. And, um, but thank God, uh, he's supernatural and he speaks to us on the inside. He leads us and guides us in all things. And many times it's like Paul said, I, I perceive, or it seems good to me in the Holy Spirit. So um, thank the Lord. Uh, we're so thankful for his leading and his guidance and uh, for his word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that angels are active today. Father, we thank you that um, whatever leading that we need, whatever guidance that we need, that you know that we need, that you always provide it. Father, I thank you that we're part of your supernatural church. We thank you for signs, wonders, miracles, demonstrations of your spirit, demonstrations of your power. Father, I thank you um, that you are not against us, but that you're for us. I thank you, Father, that this virus is turning, that the gospel and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, will be uh, trumpeted um, and broadcast and seen like a light on a hill, stronger and brighter and louder than ever before, and that that message will penetrate into the hearts of people. Father, I pray that all those that are in... Uh, uh, um, uh, disillusion, all those that are in fear, all those that are confused, Father, that they would see and hear the gospel message, that they would turn their hearts to you, the only answer for real life and real protection, not only now, but in uh, eternal time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're uh, watching tonight and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, the world doesn't have security. You can see that real clearly. There's no financial security in the world. Uh, there is no eternal security in the world. Uh, the only real security that you have and that we have is in the kingdom of God. God is faithful and God is loving and God is powerful. And the way to get to God and the way to get to heaven, there's only one way, there's only one door. Uh, there's not many avenues to heaven. There's not many ways. You see these stickers on cars sometimes that have all these symbols. They're trying to say like everything is equal. Everything is not equal. There is one God, Jehovah God, and there is His Son, Jesus Christ. And the only way to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the door. I am the door. And He is the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. And the way that you get into the family of God, and the way that you have eternal uh, God kind of life, is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. 
It's not by doing a lot of good things. It's not by uh, working really hard, being really good, being really holy, being really righteous. Uh, you'll fail at that. Even, even as a believer, once you're born again, you would fail at that if you're trying to accomplish uh, closeness to God that way. The only way you get it is through what Jesus has done. You have to do perfection to do it. You have to not mess anything up. Jesus is the only one that did that. And even if really you could that, do that, which you couldn't because you were born in sin, uh, because you were born in sin, you have to be made new. And so the way that you get born again is you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and say with your mouth, take him as your Lord, declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you want to do that, I want to pray with you right now. I want you to make that decision. Uh, your life will be changed in an instant. Your slate will be wiped clean. You'll have a brand new beginning uh, today on the 20th of May, 2020. What is that? 2020, 20, right? And so that will happen today, 2020, 20, like that, faster and I could snap my fingers, all right? So if you want to do that, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to, from your heart, repeat after me, believe what you're saying, and you will be born again. Let's do it. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross taking away my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. So I could be right with you. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you every day. Father God, I thank you that I am now your child that I'm part of your family, that I'm under your protection, and that you provide for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, you have just been made brand new. Every old thing, old habit, old sin has been removed from you, taken away from your account, canceled out. I would love to get your name so that we can pray for you and get you some materials if you need them. And um, the only way I can do that, because we're online right now, is if you send us an email or fill out the form on Church Online. Uh, so the Church Online form, if you hit the raise hand button, you should be able to get the form. It should pop up for you. Or you can just send us an email at info at anchordc.org, A-N-C-H-O-R-D-C.org, info at anchordc.org, and uh, just send us an email. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of stuff. We just want to be a service to you and a help to you, help you find a great church if you're not in our area. If you're in our area, we are a great church in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, and um, we're a gospel church who believes uh, that Jesus is alive. He's alive today. The power of God, the, you know, the workings of the Spirit are active today. Healing is true today. And if you need healing today, I want to pray for you. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I command that sickness, that disease to stop tormenting your body, to get off your body. I command your body to line up with the Word of God. Body, you come in line with the Word of God. Eyes, you see clearly. You see uh, crisp and clear perfect vision in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for healing your healing power in the earth. We thank you that you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah.